Well, everyone, welcome back to the Thrive Leadership Podcast. It's time again for another episode with CJ Alvarado. He's here. How are we doing? And I'm Brad Lominick. We're going to be your uh, your tour guide on this uh, roller coaster experience. It's always a roller coaster, isn't it? Absolutely. Especially uh, today, it feels like a roller coaster. Well, this whole year has been a roller coaster. 2020, we were, as we record in the or in somewhat early December, still uh, we we're yeah, I think everybody's kind of looking forward to getting to January 1st, 2021. Would you agree? Yeah, I would totally agree. And yeah. now there's just like, you know, people not sure what that's going to look like anymore. And how long does this thing last? You know, it has been a roller coaster. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got Rick Warren mm. on this episode, which many would argue is the grand poobah of, uh, of Christianity just in general. How about that? <laughs> that's, that's a big statement. Wow. The grand poobah of all of Christianity around the world. Uh, Rick and Ray Johnston together is, uh, is, is quite quite fun yes there, they are. there is, you know these guys seem like they were separated from birth i was gonna say they're they're like brothers from another mother i mean they they could be they truly could be brothers they have the same mindset they have big vision yeah uh they they stir it up in a good way you know and very pioneering these guys love it yeah they just they, they 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 we we think that we can do this much and then they get in the room and we go oh my vision was so small very true. So Very we're gonna true. we're gonna hear that conversation that uh, that happened at Thrive Summit, and it's so good that we wanted to make sure to to let everybody get a seat, a front row seat to that conversation. If you if you didn't experience it, uh, that's coming up here in a few minutes. We we got to talk about a sponsor, CJ, a friend, a partner. Yes, we organization. Do. Our buddies over at Serve HQ, uh, they are uh, they are doing some great stuff for churches and. We're really thankful that they've come alongside Thrive and they're helping make some of these things happen. They're, they're, paying, the, uh, they're paying CJ and I's really, really high honorarium to, uh, to host this, this horrible excuse of a broadcast. But we, we do want you to know what ServeHQ is up to. And uh, if you're not familiar, ServeHQ.Church, that's the website, ServeHQ.Church. They allow you to equip and engage your whole church and there's really three resources that go along with the, the things they're doing in terms of connecting, training, and following up with your leaders and key volunteers. The first is huddle up, and that's this idea of mass email and texting, plus safe group chats for everyone in your ministry. Trained up, which offers online classes for new members, new volunteers, and developing leaders, and then follow up. And follow up is the, uh, the automation side, the next steps for these volunteers new guests, new members, and more. So between huddle up, trained up, and follow up, you really do have a comprehensive operating system that will allow you to, again, to stay in touch, stay connected, and equip and engage people in your church, leaders, volunteers, and even new members. So we want you to check it out. ServeHQ, they are, uh, they're a friend of Thrive. They're a friend of Bayside. Uh, Bay- Bayside actually uses ServeHQ in terms of uh, being connected to people in the, in the church. So uh, again, for, for those of you who need a tool to stay connected to people you're training, discipling, and to get more people connected, we would recommend ServeHQ. ServeHQ.church, go there and check out more of what they're doing. Love it. So, I love seeing more and more technologies like this for the church. It's super helpful and it's very needed. 
Absolutely, man. Well, you're a technology guy. Like I you, am. you've uh, you've got all the the latest gadgets. <laughs> you're you're always uh, showing me stuff that I was like, really, like, and part of that's because you 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 spend time in the in the circles, yeah, where all the peop- all the nerds are hanging out, like creating right, new man. stuff. That's right. Well, I mean, that's part of our work. So, you know, you got you to gotta be up on it. And it changes so fast. So if you're not up on it, you, you really get lost. Yeah. It's almost tiring to me. I feel like I would, you know, once you feel like you're, you're finally up on what's next, then it's already gone and you're on to the next thing. Very much so. You know, it's funny. Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you who is, uh, is, is timeless. <laughs> <laughs> is, our, is our old buddies, uh, Ray Johnston. The, the the grand poobah of Thrive and Bayside and Rick Warren, the grand poobah of, of uh, Saddleback Church, arguably one of the most influential books, Purpose Driven Life, in the last 20 years. Um, and they, they've, uh, they've done incredible things around the world through Purpose Driven and their Purpose Driven Ministries. Uh, Rick, Rick is one of, those, uh, one of those people that is larger than life. And so... This is a front row seat, man. Get your moleskin out, buckle, buckle your seatbelt, and uh, let's let's tune in and listen in on the conversation that Ray Johnston had with Rick Warren. All right, Thrive, we'd like to welcome Rick Warren. Uh, there are a few people that just need no introduction, whether it is he's a pastor of Saddleback Church, he is uh, author of Purpose Driven Life, Purpose Driven, which broke every record on the planet, Purpose Driven Ministries. Um, uh, his church has exploded almost like nothing has ever exploded in history. And in spite of all that, he's just a great guy and he's a friend. So, Rick, welcome to the Thrive Summit. Hello, Ray, my dear buddy. I love you guys. Have I told you lately that I love you? <laughs> Just on my birthday when you sang. That's right. You know, <laughs> happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> hey, very little difference between Marilyn Monroe and Rick Warren. We better move on to the no. subjects. Hey, Rick, I'm going to, first of all, I want to say hi. Welcome to the conference. Hey, there, are, there are 95 countries on this right now. And Hello, Thrive. And so, kind of, I want to ask you a global question to get this going. Um, I've heard you say many times, crisis creates opportunity. What do you think God's up to in this season? Anybody who knows church history knows and can see clearly that God's working behind the situations right now uh, in two different issues, the COVID issue and, and the racial uh, tension issue. Both of these uh, have grabbed the attention it's almost like God said, when, as a parent, uh, you kids aren't getting along, go to your room, take a time out. And when your attitude gets better, you can come out. And God sent everybody in, their, in the world to their room. And during this time, when there's little uh, distractions and uh, there's no sports to go to and theater and all these other things, uh, we start dealing with probably what I consider to be the, the biggest sin, most common sin on the planet, which is racism. You can find it everywhere. Uh, literally, the northern Italians don't like the southern Italians. But this tribe doesn't like that tribe. It's, it is part of our sin nature. Um, people are most likely to come to Christ when they're under tension or in transition. Major change, good or bad, divorce, death, marriage, baby, or, or, or under tension or in transition, 
when they're uprooted, they're more likely to come to Christ. We've had more people come to Christ in the last 16 weeks than any other 16-week period in Saddleback's 40-year huh. history. Hmm. The, it, the root of some of this is this. I mean, the Bible's pretty simple on one level. Love God, love your neighbor. For some reason, we're having a lot of trouble with the second half of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Well, the first thing it means is listen. Hmm. People need to realize that the most effective uh, tool for showing love is not your mouth. It's your ear. Yep. It, it, it is your ear. Um, I, I, I wrote a piece uh, the other day uh, talking to people. Let me just read this to you. Is that okay, Ray, for me to read something? Read whatever you want. Um, it's, I called it, Yes, But What About? One of the reasons why many marriages end in disaster, so many kids are estranged from their parents, and so many citizens are fractured in angry divisions, because most people have never learned how to be taught how to sit with somebody's pain without getting defensive about it. Hmm. When someone tries to express how fearful or heartbroken or angry they are about a deep, painful wound, the most unloving and unhelpful thing you can say is, yes, but what about? You invalidate people's feelings and their pain by immediately mentioning uh, uh, some other problem or pain that, that you're more concerned about. And that causes all kinds of problems. Um, could you not just sit for a minute and validate their pain? Must you immediately excuse it away or compare it to somebody else's problem? Can you not just be empathetic for a few seconds? Ask yourself, why am I so quick to change the subject when somebody expresses a hurt or a negative emotion? They're not saying their pain is the only pain. Uh, they're not saying their problem is the only problem in the world, that their injustice done to them or doesn't mean injustice done to others doesn't matter. They just want somebody to understand and sympathize. And anytime you respond to a hurt or a fear or a pain with, yes, but what about? You communicate, somebody else's pain is more important than yours. And I can ignore your problem because other people have problems. Now, that phrase is particularly misused, Ray, um, on social media. One person will express a deep hurt, like an injustice or something. And, and, and immediately immediately 50 other people try to minimize that pain uh, by posting, but what about? What about abortion? What about this? What about that? And what about, uh, you know, everybody talks, nobody listens. So when considering alternatives or <coughs> unintended consequences or solutions, asking the question, what about? That's a pretty good question when you're trying to consider alternatives questions. But as a response to somebody expressing grief, it sucks. Absolutely. Okay, it, it just sucks. Uh, it reveals an inability to empathize. So I say, if you want to love your neighbor as yourself, uh, why not try this? When somebody expresses a negative emotion, like we're seeing a lot today, instead of getting offended or defensive or minimizing it or changing the subject, just absorb the pain for a moment. Just absorb the pain from it. That's called love. That's called maturity. That's called being like Christ. And, and don't compare and don't equate and don't rush to a solution. 
when somebody starts sharing some negative emotion. Just listen. That's love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to be a pro at loving, this is how you do it. Just show up and shut up when other people are in pain. Okay. And you know what? Maybe just maybe they'll do the same for you. What I just shared could save your marriage. Uh, it could save your family and it could save our nation. Right. And Rick, what you don't know is this. I have a wife right now, kids right now, an entire staff right now, and a church right now, hoping I'm taping notes on this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, Rick, I got another question, but here's what I want to say to everybody listening. What was just said, I, my, everybody in this room's blowing up going, it's brilliant. Every, we will transcribe what Rick read and put it on the Thrive page. You'll have a copy of that. We will also send that section everywhere. We'll put it in my podcast. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I was sitting next to one of our pastors, Jason Kane, on stage, and he just said, empathy creates unity. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Rick, I've preached at your church before. Um, you have. Which you is have. a ball, and um, which means you owe me one. The, <laughs> and I was surprised. I literally went, this is a church packed with just really sharp people. I mean, you got CEOs and plumbers. They all had one thing in common. They're just high caliber leaders, lots of them all across the system. Right now, what advice would you give leaders today? Well, I would say be a learner. Uh, be a, never stop learning. How many times have you heard me say, Ray, all leaders are learners? That's right. The moment you stop learning, you stop leading. If you want to attract leaders in your church, then you have to be a learner. That's right. And if you're a learner, then you're going to be a leader. Uh, growing churches require growing pastors. The moment yep. you stop growing, your church stops growing. And and so I would say first, always be interested in learning, always growing. And you can learn from anybody if you know the right questions. Yep. The other thing I would say would be is give them something big to chew on. A, a guy who's making million-dollar decisions during the week needs something more than to just pass out a bulletin. Yeah. You know, give yep. him a big cause, give him, challenge him, challenge his selfishness and, yep. and, and, and challenge his, his, uh, his, uh, you know, complacency. And, and, uh, if you want to get a big response, you ask for a big commitment. You're absolutely right. So they, uh, another one is this, and this to me is more on my heart after my last year, um, yeah. leaders create legacies. And mm -hmm. one of the things I love about you, my friend is this, you're a good dad. And I know that from what people that know you and your family have told me, okay? You have pastored Saddleback for over 40 years. You, yeah. and it has been scandal-free, and unfortunately, that's rare. Yeah. What are the keys to keeping, a, building a life where you're going, I'm going to stay married, I'm going to stay in ministry, and I'm going to walk right. with God with integrity? What are the things you've built into your life, and what have you protected yourself from? Right. Well, as you know, I, I started Saddleback when I was 25 years old, and I made a 40-year commitment. I said, I'll stay at least 40 years. January, I, I kept that commitment, and I, I said, I, you know, I, I run, run the race. And however much longer the Lord wants me to run it, I'll run. But, but the key is to focus on your own character, not to focus on your ministry. I meet too many young guys who what they want to do is, is they're, they're waiting for a significant ministry. They want us to make your ministry significant. 
Don't look for a significant ministry. Make it significant. Saddleback had a significant ministry when I had 25 people. Yep. Yep. And then 35 and then 45. And then you make it significant by your own character. That's right. If you want to last in ministry, you need to build your life on integrity, humility, and generosity. Integrity, humility, and generosity. Because these are the three antidotes to the three great traps of leadership. The only thing we can say about Satan, good, is that he's entirely predictable. He doesn't have any new, he doesn't have any new um, temptations. It's always been the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, or passion, possession, and position, sex, yep. salary, status. Yep. Yep. The temptation to have, the temptation to feel, the temptation to do. And the antidotes are integrity, humility, uh, and, and generosity. You know, Ray, about mm, probably 15 years ago, uh, I was thinking, you know, when I was first starting out in ministry, I had some older guys in the faith who blocked and tackled for me. We were doing a lot of stuff that everybody does today, but nobody was doing it 40 years ago. And it's very uh, controversial, very critical. And I had a lot of criticism, uh, in, particularly when we were first starting out, because nobody else was doing it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I had some guys go, look, it's just Rick. Uh, if it doesn't work, he'll be the first to admit it. So don't, don't <laughs> give the guy some slack. Give him some chance. But these guys prayed for me. And I thought, I need to be praying for the next generation. And so I sat down probably 15 or so years ago, and I, I made wrote down a list of young, well-known guys that I thought, I need to pray for these guys. Yep. And, and you would know every name on the list. Yep. And um, I began to pray for those guys. I get that thing out every once in a while. I looked at it. The sad thing today, Ray, is half those guys are no longer in ministry. Yeah. 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 They burned out. They flamed out. They had a moral problem. Yeah. Uh, their marriage cracked up, uh, on and on and on. We need guys to last in the ministry. I'm not, honestly not interested in the big flash in the pan. Uh, these churches go zero to 5,000 in like two years. In the first place, no real church grows that fast. Yeah. Okay. That's not legitimate church growth. That's transfer growth. It's the hot act in town and all the Christians emptied from the other churches and go to that church. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not fishing for men. That's swapping fish from aquarium to aquarium. And it's not like real churches don't grow that fast. Yep. And, and, and what I'm interested in, I can show anybody, I can, you can too, you've done it. Teach anybody how to grow a church, but we cannot teach them how to do it fast. Yep. That's smart. It's taken you yep. and it's taken me our lifetime. Yep. We've given yep. our entire, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. My people would follow me anywhere because for 40 years I've been sacrificing for them. They yep. know I love them. You can fake it for a couple of years, but you can't fake love for 40. Yeah. Yeah. They, they figure out you either love them or you don't. Absolutely. And, and so the key is longevity, consistency. When you have integrity, it actually gets better every year. Mm -hmm. When you don't have integrity, it actually gets worse every year. Yeah. And then you pretty soon have to leave. Uh, and so integrity, humility, and generosity are, 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 are the cornerstones of a lasting legacy. That's good. And Rick, um, you and I are in touch with a lot of pastors. It seems like they all have one thing in common right now. They're deeply discouraged. 
Okay. As our business people, as are and and it just seems like the whole country is mired in discouragement. Pastor, the folks that are watching this right now, what would you say to somebody right now that is deeply discouraged? Well, again, I would say that often, you know, the darkest part comes before revival. Yeah. And if you know church history, you know that this could be both COVID and, and, and the racial injustice and the protest going on right now. Both of these could be precursors, could be, might be, yep. can be uh, a, a way for revival. If yep. the church will respond correctly yep. with, with humility and, and with, uh, uh, you know, integrity and, and with sensitivity and be willing to listen. And as I said, uh, absorb the pain. I, I am actually hopeful uh, that this might be uh, revival doesn't come out of good times. Yep. It yep. never comes out of good times. Revival yep. always comes out of bad times. Go read yep. Judges. Go read Joshua. Those, you know, revival never comes out of good times. Mm -hmm. And so if the church will be the church, the problem is we have amputated the arms and the feet of the body of Christ and all we got is a big mouth. Yep. And most of the time we're known for what we're against. I'm tired of that. I want the church to be known for what it's for, yep. not what it's against. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Rick, I've got one last question because we've got two minutes. And I have an agenda for this question. The, I spoke with you at part of your purpose-driven conference this year. Yep. You wrote the book. You have yes. been doing that conference. That, yep. The content in that conference you have been able to teach the same stuff because it's so transforming year, year yeah. after year. Uh, in one minute, tell everybody why that is so important to you. When I started Saddleback, I asked God to give me a slogan or a theme that I could build the rest of my life on. And God gave me this line, a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. That's good. A great commitment to the great commandment, the great commission will grow a great church. It'll grow a great Christian. It'll grow a great company. It'll grow a great country. It'll yeah. grow a great community. In yeah. those two passages, the great commandment and great commission are five verbs. If you do those five things, God will bless you because that's what God put the church on earth for. That's what God put us on earth for. Those five things. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. That's called worship. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's called ministry or service. Go and make disciples. That's evangelism. Teach them to do everything I've commanded you. That's discipleship. Baptize them into the body of Christ, into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bring them into the fellowship. That's, that's incorporation and fellowship. We have done the same thing every year for 40 years. Yep. We just do it better every year. We do worship better. We do fellowship better. We do discipleship better. We do ministry better. We do missions better. And here's the thing. If I don't have a system and a structure that forces me to balance all yep. five purposes, I will overemphasize the one that I'm most passionate about. And that's what happens to most churches. They get out of balance. Absolutely. And um, what you all need to know is this. I was there last year at the Purpose Driven Conference. I did part of it. And then I sat there and I literally went, I had, for, Rick, I had forgotten how good that material was, how foundational it was, how biblical it was. And I actually said, I texted Rick and I said, I'm bringing my whole staff next year, which means you, <laughs> are you doing this again? 
But you know what? We're going to have to do it online this year because of the COVID. And yep. so uh, we, we, we're going to have to reschedule and do just like with Thrive, do, do something like this. Awesome. Well, uh, let us know what it is because we will blow this up to at least 95 countries. So, Rick, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate our friendship. And you all just need to know, he's the same guy in his living room as he is on a conference. So, Rick, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate I, I, it. I just want to say that I do love you, Ray, but I love your wife more because she's sweeter. She's nice. <laughs> And Kay does, too. Love you guys. All right. God bless, buddy. Have a good day. Thanks. Good stuff there. Good stuff. These guys have so much energy, you know? They're just like two titans, these guys. What would it be like to vacation with with Rick Warren? You ever thought about that? Like, what would a vacation (laughs) be like? No, I haven't. But if I were to take a, a guess at it, I'd... Yeah, I wonder about these guys. You think they're are they this dynamic all the time, or do you think they get on vacation and they're just like they don't say anything, no words? Yeah, my, eating well, you know what's interesting? Side. Yeah, what's interesting about many communicators is many of them are introverts at their core. Mm. So, uh, I'm not I'm not sure where either one of these would fall, but uh, yeah, I've been on vacation with Ray. Well, we've been out. Ray is an incredibly fun guy. He gets recharged by being out with people, prank, kind of a, a mild prankster, lots of fun. Uh, so, so, yeah, he just finds a new gear in that area. Yeah. The question is, 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 is Rick Warren a prankster? That's what we need to find out. <laughs> that's, the, that's what the people really want to know. Email us. Let us know. If you've been punked by Rick Warren, let us know. I, I do know this. Uh, this is not necessarily Rick. Rick related, but one time when I was at Saddleback, mm-hmm. this was many years ago, David Sean, who is, David's been at Saddleback for, for a long time, right-hand guy to Rick, uh, executive pastor, runs all the missions side, an amazing leader. And David, if you, if you showed up as a guest at Saddleback, they would have you, they would have you run, run the shelves in their, in their office. They had those shelves that you can, um, that, that you can spin and they move, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. uh, and, and they had it set up where one of the shelves was next to the wall and they would start the timer and start the shelf automatically. And you, you had to figure out how many times you could go back, go down and back and down and back and down and back before the shelf would crush you. <laughs> and so you had to be quick on your feet. Yeah. And, you know, I don't remember who had the record. I think David Sean actually had the record, but it was one of those things. It was like a, it was like a hazing Yeah. and you had to run the shelves. If you were a guest, you had to come in and, and run the shelves. Um, I, I didn't do that well. I'll just go ahead and let you know. I, what was, I was, your, what was your number? I was, I was below average at best <laughs> in my, in my running of the shelves. But so. did you put your heart into it or were you kind of like, what is this man? What is this? Well, I just, I'm not very really quick. I mean, I, I used to be back in the uh, high school days, but you're an endurance uh, runner though, right? You're, you're long. Yeah, I'm much more the long-term, you know, 10 miles compared to being able to sprint 20, 20 yards. Um, so if, if there's anybody listening from Saddleback, we want to know if they're still running the shelves, right? That's what we want to know. We've got to know. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks again to Rick Warren and, and Ray Johnston. Uh, you can, uh, you can see the video. In fact, of that conversation on thriveconference.org. You can also subscribe to, to uh, have we had any more podcasts in the last couple of weeks? I mean, I feel like we're adding a podcast every 
every month. Yeah, we're adding to the, to the circle. Yep, we're adding podcasts more regularly than a month, about a few couple times a month minimum. But there's also resources, webinars, and different you know talks being added to the Thrive site every week. Every Wednesday, there's a new webinar with some incredible topics. A lot of things that are just you know, revolve around current issues and tensions that a lot of leaders are dealing with right now. So make sure you check out thriveconference.org where there is a, there are fresh, fresh cuts every week. Yeah, we got to get, we got to get our old buddy, John Tyson, the mm-hmm. conversation that Andrew McCourt had with John Tyson. We, we need to get that in the queue here for an, for an upcoming podcast episode. That was one of that I, uh, I, well, I, I mean, I just love hearing those two guys talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Go, go listen to that one. Go watch that one. It, it's, it's really, really good and many others. So uh, again, thanks to uh, our friends at Serve HQ for uh, partnering with us on this podcast episode. They are, uh, they're friends. They're, they're doing some good work. Check out ways you can get connected to them. Go to servehq.church. And it's a great way to, to stay connected to your leaders, to train your leaders and uh, stay engaged and equip your leaders. So servehq.church, hit the Thrive website, thrivecommerce.org, rate and review and subscribe. Do all those things that you're supposed to do. And uh, CJ, anything else we want to give to the people before we sign off? No, we're looking forward to 2021. You know, if there are ways you think we can be better supporting leaders and churches, you know, we always want to hear from you. So don't be afraid to reach out, but we appreciate your time and attention. Well, on behalf of uh, CJ Alvarado, Ray Johnston, Rick Warren. Mm. I'm Brad Lominick. That's pretty fun to say right there. Throwing the, throwing those those folks in the in the uh, in the circle here. We we love you. We appreciate you. We want you to be a, a healthy leader with a thriving church. And so, until the next episode, lead well, and we'll talk to you again very soon on the Thrive Leadership Podcast. <laughs>